0: Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome back to an all new, brand new episode of Unknown Serial Killers. Thank you once again for joining me. Um, Sorry guys, I've been MIA for a little while. So, anyways, we are back. Um, of course, if you haven't listened to any of the previous episodes, please go do so now and go catch up because you do not want to miss any of these episodes because this right here is where you get all the good unknown serial killer stories. Of course, viewers discretion is advised because we are talking about murder, violence, and possible drug use. Of course, murder and violence. Um, So this week, we're gonna be talking about Daniel Rowling. Danny Rowling was born in Shreveport, Louisiana on May 26, 1954. His father was a Shreveport police officer named James Rowland, who told Danny that he was unwanted from birth. James also abused and beat Danny, Danny's mother Claudia, and his brother Kevin for frivolous things such as breathing in a way that displeased him. In one incident, Danny's mother went to the hospital after claiming her husband tried to make her cut herself with the razor blade. She made repeated attempts to leave her husband, but she also returned. she always returned shortly. On one example of this senior Roland's sense of discipline, he pinned Danny to the ground and handcuffed him, then had police take his son away because he was embarrassed by him. In another story, Danny had a dog, but James would beat the dog so often that it died in Danny's arms. As a teenager and young adult, Roland was arrested several times for robberies in Georgia, was caught spying on the woman getting dressed. As an adult, he had trouble trying to assimilate into society and hold down a steady job at one point roland worked as a waiter at poncho's by in Shreveport. so clearly his dad was the problem his dad was definitely the problem he was the very toxic one in this family um the mom was too apparently she loved the toxicness of her husband and she just couldn't stay away so she definitely had to stay and as for the sons, I feel kind of bad for them because they didn't deserve that. I mean, the mom didn't either, but she had a choice. She could have left, but she didn't. In August 1990, Roland murdered five students, one student from Santa Fe College and four from the University of Florida, doing a burglary and robbery spree in Gainesville, Florida. He mutilated his victims' bodies, decapitating one. He then posed them, sometimes using mirrors. In the early morning hours of Friday, August 24th, Roland broke into the apartment shared by 17-year-old university freshman Sandra Larson and Christina Powell. Finding Powell asleep on the downstairs couch, he stood over her briefly, but did not wake her up. Choosing instead to explore the upstairs bedroom where Larson was also asleep. Roland murdered Larson, first tipping her mouth shut to stifle her screams and then stabbing her to death with a knife she died trying to fend him off roland then went back downstairs taped powell's mouth shut bound her wrist together behind her back and threatened her with the knife as she as he cut her clothes off he then raped her and forced her face down on the floor where he stabbed her five times in the back roland posed her body posed the bodies in sexual provocative positions he took a shower before leaving the apartment a day later, on Saturday, August 25th, Roland broke into the apartment of 18-year-old Krista Hoyt, prying open a sliding glass door with a screwdriver. Finding she was not home, he waited in the living room for her to return. You would have thought, okay, she's not home. We wait for a couple of hours. Okay, she's not coming back. Let me just leave. You know, he just said eventually she's going to come back. At 11 a.m., hoiked into the apartment and rolling surprised her from behind placing her in a chokehold. after she had been subdued he used duct tape to gag her mouth and bind her wrists together behind her back and led her into the bedroom where he cut the clothes from her body and raped her as in the powell murder he forced her to lie face down onto the bed and stab her in the back rupturing her aorta he then flipped her body over and sliced her abdomen open from the pubic bone to her breastbone after arriving back at the campsite, Roland could not find his wallet, thinking he may have lost it at the murder scene He returned there, at which time he decapitated Hoyt, posed her body and sit in position at the edge of the bed and placed her head on a shelf facing the corpse. He later claimed his intent was to add to the shock of whoever discovered her. Sick. By this point, the murders had attracted widespread media attention. Many students had begun taking extra precaution such as changing their daily routines and sleeping together in groups. Because this breed was happening so early in the fall semester, some students withdraw their enrollment or transfer to other schools. Tracy Pauls, who was 23 years old, was living with her roommate, Manny, also 23. On Monday, August 27th, Roland broke into the apartment by prying open the sliding glass door with the same tool he had used previously. Roland found Manny asleep in one of the bedrooms and killed him after a struggle. Hearing the commotion, Pauls went down the hall to Manny's bedroom and saw Roland. She attempted to barricade herself in her bedroom, but Roland broke through the door. Roland taped her mouth and wrists, cut off her clothing, and raped her before turning her over and stabbing her three times in the back. Roland posed Paul's body, but left Manny's in the same position in which he had died. With the expect with the exception of Manny, all of the victims were petite, white. Brunette with brown eyes like Roland's mother. Although law, law enforcement initially had very few leads, police did identify two suspects. One suspect was Edward Lewis Humphrey, a University of Florida student who had a history of mental illness and bore numerous scars on his face from a car incident. Humphrey was arrested after a physical altercation with his grandmother and held in custody for five months until a grand jury refused to indict him on the murder charges cited and significant evidence. Humphrey's photo was shown repeatedly by media outlets. Authorities' publicity cleared him of all charges after Rowling's arrest. The other suspect was also later cleared. this This is crazy. So he killed people that looked like his mom. If that's the case, why not just kill your mom? Not saying that that's a good thing or that's better, but instead of just killing these... Instead of just killing these women that had nothing to do with anything that you were going through, just do that instead. Louisiana police alerted Florida authorities to an unsolved triple murder in Shreveport on November 4th, 1989. Detectives noted that three, that there were similarities between the Gainesville murders and those of 55-year-old William Grimson, the 24-year-old daughter, Julie, and his eight-year-old grandson, Sean. The family had been attacked in their home as they were preparing for dinner. Afterwards, Julie Grimson's body had been mutilated, cleaned, and posed. Don Maine's, an investigator on the case with the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, traveled to Shreveport in November 1990 because of similarities between the murders committed in Gainesville and murders committed in Shreveport. They included posing of the victims, tape residue on victims' body, and vinegar used to clean the bodies. Maine said they tested the body fluids from the perpetrated in Shreveport, and found that this person also had type B blood. He called the match to the evidence in Gainesville a revelation in the case. Shortly after Maine's trip to Shreveport, a Shreveport resident, Cindy called Crime Stoppers and reported that Danny Rowland was possibly connected to the murders in both cities. Three months earlier, in August 1990, she heard him a news report about a string of murders as she traveled through the Florida Panhandle. The report made her think about Rowling, whom she had met at her Louisiana hometown church and has possible linked to these three other put murders. Rowling had said deeply disturbing things to her and then her then-husband, Stephen Dobbin. He had come over every night for a while, and then one night, Stephen came in, and he goes, quote, He's got to go, she said. She also said that Dobbin told her that Rowling had told him he had a problem. I said, what kind of problem? and Steven says he likes to stick knives into people. She dismissed those comments when she heard about them because she didn't want to believe Roland could be responsible for the murders in Shreveport. Danny had also told her, one day I'm going to leave this town and I'm going to go where the girls are beautiful and I can just lay in the sun and watch beautiful women all day. News of the Gainesville murder haunted her, so she finally contacted police in November based on her hunch about Roland's connection to the murders in both cities. It would not let me rest, she said. One day, I picked up the phone, I called Crime Stoppers, and I said, I think there's one guy y'all need to investigate Danny Roland. Investigators responded to the tip and quickly found Roland, who's been arrested on September 7, 1990, for an Oklahoma supermarket robbery. The robbery had been committed 10 days after the bodies of Paul and Manny were found. Roland was being held in the Marion County Jail, 40 miles south of Gainesville. Investigators determined that Rowling had type B blood like the suspect in both the Gainesville and Shreveport murders. Once Florida investigators realized that Rowling had multiple convictions from armed robbery, robbery they realized he could have been responsible, responsible for the bank robbery that occurred on the day Crystal Hoyt's body was found. In November 1991, Rowling was charged with five counts of murder. Rowling was brought to trial nearly four years after the murders. He claimed his motive was to become, quote, a superstar similar to Ted Bundy. Everybody wants to be like Ted Bundy, but you can't. In 1994, before his trial could get underway, Rowling unexpectedly pled guilty to all charges. Subsequently, state attorney Rod Smith presented the penalty phase of the prosecution. During his trial, Court TV conducted an interview with Rowling's mother from her home, during which his father could be heard shouting off camera. There you go with those anger issues again. On April 20th, 1994, Rowling was sentenced to death. Rowling was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, borderline personality disorder, and, and paraphilia. Shortly after he was executed in Florida for the series of killings in Gainesville. Rowling claimed responsibility for the Shreveport murders, handing his spiritual advisor, Reverend Mike Hudspeth and Florida police a handwritten confession and apology. In a written statement made shortly before his execution, Rowling confessed to the murders of the Grimson family in Shreveport. Rowling had a last meal of lobster tail. He sang a gospel hymn, but made no statement immediately before his execution, which was witnessed by many of his victims' relatives. Rowling was executed by lethal injection at at Florida State Prison on October 25th, 2006 after the U.S. Supreme Court rejected a last ditch appeal. He was pronounced dead at 6.13 p.m. So really all of his trauma and everything that caused this stemmed from his family and home life, especially from his dad and probably from his mom because she didn't protect him and his brother from the dad's beating because she just wanted to stay with the dad she just never wanted to leave well thank you guys for tuning in this week for another episode of unknown serial killers make sure you tune in next week for another episode like i always tell you guys please be nice to people because you never know who they kill see you guys next week